Welcome to the Psychedelic Integration Podcast. We're your hosts, John Steiner and Sinclair Fleetwood. We're experienced psychedelic guides, retreat facilitators, and keepers of the sacred fire on a mission to help you transform your mystical medicine experiences into a sustainable way of life. Did you connect with a vision for your life through your work with plant medicines but have no idea how to make it happen? Are you struggling to maintain your spiritual connection, find your community, and be fully yourself? If you want to be unapologetically authentic, connect to your purpose, and live the life you know is possible, well then this podcast is for you. Hey y'all, welcome to the show. Today we're talking about a really powerful concept around healing and working with sacred plants and psychedelic medicines, and that is how to be the medicine. So what we really want to dive into with this podcast is like, you know, to talk to all the people, well, that have been telling us that when they get done with their retreat, they get done with their ceremony and they go back into the real world, they're feeling like disconnected and lost and they feel like they don't fit in anymore. And there's like a degree of alienation and they're having to go back into the matrix and they're feeling like, oh my God, how do I do this? Everything was great while I was at the retreat, while I was at the ceremony, while I had my tribe. And like, I don't know how to carry that feeling with me. So if that sounds familiar, we want to, well, let you know what we've learned uh, through our experience about how to navigate that. And when we say be the medicine, this is something that one of our teachers shares a lot is, um, when you go home, it's your responsibility to be the medicine. And we're going to explore what that means. But first, we're going to talk about how we get caught up in this kind of, it's kind of an us and them mm. thing that happens. So a lot of people who find their, their way to psychedelic medicines, maybe they go to an ayahuasca retreat or start working with mushrooms and start having kind of these spiritual experiences, these awakenings with these plants, then there starts to be this thing that happens where you start to other people mm. and it's like, okay, the, especially in a retreat setting, they're kind of designed to create a family feeling, to create a tribe. And that feeling of like, okay, we're all doing this together. That's really powerful. It's important. And having uh-huh. that, having that tribal feeling and that family feeling and that community is vital. It's really, really something that you need in your daily life, not just at a retreat. Uh-huh. And it can also lead to a feeling of deep loneliness, isolation, and like feeling like nobody else around you gets you anymore because they haven't been through this experience and there's no way to tell people like how do you explain to your grandmother that you had a mystical experience with ayahuasca like it's a difficult it's an ineffable thing and it can only the words are symbols to describe this experience that again is ineffable indescribable and um the language only makes sense to those that have been initiated into the mysteries of the <laughs> the plants, right? So with this initiation, there comes like this warning, like Sinclair was talking about, it's really easy to like become an us who have been initiated and a them who don't get what we're talking about. They haven't seen the light and they're, they're not understanding this whole other part that is vital to life. And this is really 
really dangerous. <laughs> well, so we start creating all these stories of like, well, everyone around me doesn't get it and they don't understand me and they couldn't possibly understand me. They couldn't possibly understand my experience or my relationship with psychedelics. And so I don't connect with anyone. I don't make connections with people who are outside of this idea of this tribe that I have. Mm. And when we are engaging with this story of like, okay, well, other people can't understand me. Of no course wonder. you're not going to connect <laughs> with them because yeah. it gives you an out. It's like an excuse. It's like, well, they don't really get it. We're not going to be close. We don't have anything in common. So I don't have to put any effort into like connecting with people. And the reason that we wanted to bring this up is because we hear a lot from people of like, well, I can't hold on to this experience. Like I can't hold on to the lessons I learn. I can't translate them into like action in my life. I don't know how to hold on to the me that I see with the medicines. And to that we say, to be the medicine means to take these lessons, to take the teachings and the understanding and the new awareness. And you are, you have to be the one to take the step because most people are not going to go drink medicine with a mm. shaman. Like most people are never going to have a psychedelic experience. And so you are the only medicine that they will ever know. That's right. So, okay. So this example we were talking about, well, let's come up, come to our attention. A friend of ours shared it with us recently. And they were saying that, yeah, the vulnerability was such like a huge lesson for them with the medicine and being around a tribe of people to share openly with and to talk about the experience and talk about life with was so healing. And then when they got home, it's like, well, there's no one at my job that I can share that way with. And I don't have a friend group that really gets what I've experienced. And well, okay, well, while people may not understand the specifics of drinking ayahuasca, right? It's like what it feels like in your body, the visuals, the ceremony, the purging, all of this jazz. Whatever you learned about in that ceremony is a, it's a human thing and everyone can understand it. So everyone can understand vulnerability. And my guess is, uh, well, when they went back to their job and there's, I don't know, let's say 20 other people sitting in the office, there's 20 other people that are sitting in that office saying, man, I wish I had someone to be vulnerable with. I wish I had someone to share with. I wish I had someone who got it. And we're all, we all have the same feelings, emotions. The, um, we deal with the same thing in a bunch of different faces. So if we can get past what these faces look like and get to the heart of what's going on in our lives and share vulnerably with it, then we'll find other people that can do the same. So these experiences with the medicines, the retreats, all of this stuff is designed to like wake us up, to teach us, show us how we're living out of alignment and how our authenticity has been compromised in whatever way. And that can be a really difficult thing to onboard to be like, oh shit, I'm not in a, the way that I'm living doesn't, doesn't like let me live in my purpose, the way of life, the lifestyle, the job, whatever thing 
you may come to the very difficult understanding that you need to make some big changes in your life, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and there's a couple ways you can go about this. You can burn your life down, like that's what I did. <laughs> um, you can, you know, get awakened and then be like, oh no, not this, not that. I can't, I don't know what, but not these things. And kind of like have a big, dramatic, you know, reckless plan without a plan and start a forest fire in your life, burn it all down. Or you could recognize that you need to make some really big shifts and get some support and get a, you know, make a plan and do it in smaller increments so that it's not as potentially damaging or painful, I guess. Is the word. Forest fires can well, be a little hard. If the fire burns the forest a little bit at a time, right? The flames are a little bit smaller and not so hot. And yeah. They, the forest still gets <laughs> renewed. But if you light the whole thing on fire at once, then well, the flames are going to be big and it's going to be hot. <laughs> yeah, and you might be out in the desert for a while. And that's just, that's like some people need to learn that way. That's, that's my method. But <laughs> the reason I'm bringing this up is that these big realizations and these big new understandings and the mystical experience, the connection to the soul, the connection to your true self is powerful and amazing and beautiful. And it requires a plan and a preparation and a support system to bring all of that from, you know, the mystical realm, the mystery into this physical material realm. Mm. And when you know that in advance, it's less of a shock to be like, oh my God, I, it's like, I just found myself. I know myself. And then, you know, it's basically like a vacation. You're in a retreat, you're in a ceremony, you go back to your job Nobody knows that you just found your inner light. Like they, they're just like, oh, there's Sandy from accounting. Like she's our accountant, whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's not a surprise that it feels isolating and that it feels like us and them. And it feels like there's not, it's like, what am I supposed to do now? And when you are outside of the cocoon of the retreat and then you're on your own, it does feel like being lost and it does feel like, well, I don't even know where to start. And so a lot of people just give up and they, you know, they had the retreat. It was like, oh, great. And then they kind of go back to sleep. Whatever those lessons, though, are that we learn with the plants, they, these principles are available in every situation we're in. And so if we understood that we need to be compassionate to ourselves or compassionate with others, Compassion is available in every moment, in every situation, regardless of it's in an accounting office or if it's in a tribe of people drinking ayahuasca together. And it is up to us in each moment to choose to be the medicine, right? So this is what we're saying is um, everyone in that office in the accounting department is waiting for someone to be compassionate for a change. They all need it because we know compassion is a good medicine. So... Instead of waiting for someone else to open the door for compassion or vulnerability or whatever it is, we invite you to be the one that opens the door and brings that to wherever you are. And in that way, what you realize through the medicines, being vulnerable, being compassionate, um, being non-judgmental, whatever it is for you, share that medicine with whoever is around because this world needs it. This world needs compassion. This world needs understanding. This world needs vulnerability. And it needs people who are not going to wait around for someone else to do it. We can bring it. It's, um, 
it's such a gift to be able to drink from these plants and take these medicines and to shift our perspectives. And the gift, well, it grows each time we share it. And I'll, I'll also say this about sharing it is, um, well, when I first drank ayahuasca, I came back and I was like telling everyone about it. And I was very, I was very focused on the specifics. The, um, well, it was this transformation. It was a spiritual transformation. It was a, tr it was um, a shift in my perspective, and that, that was the heart of my experience. And it was wearing, an ayahuasca mask. <laughs> and when I started telling people about the mask. Well, the ceremony was like this, and they said prayers like this, and the songs were like this, and I it felt like this, and I saw this, and I puked, and da-da-da-da. I cannot tell you how quickly I would lose people <laughs> that I was, like, trying to convey this to. And I was watching this happen and thinking, like, man, like, this is not cool. Like, how do I get them to understand what I'm talking about? So I had this, like, moment of clarity, this divine inspiration and I was going to have lunch with um, my dad's side of the family. It was my, my grandfather and my three aunts and my dad. And uh, and I was like, I'm not gonna tell them at all what, where, like, where I went, what I did, what it was like. I'm not gonna tell them about the fire. I'm not gonna tell them about the songs. I'm not gonna tell them about the purging. I'm not gonna tell them about ayahuasca. I'm gonna tell them what I realized. I'm going to say, you know, in the last month or so, I've been doing a lot of work and I've, I've really realized that like, well, for me, it was a lot about faith and understanding and trusting myself and trusting the universe and seeing that the universe is inherently a good and loving place. And when I told them that, they were like, yes, 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 we agree with that. Like, I could, wow, I really want some of that in my life. And, um... Yeah, it's the lessons that the medicine carries to us are what counts and is what is um, a ubiquitous human experience. Everyone can relate to the understanding that maybe they need to trust some more, or maybe they need to be more vulnerable, or maybe they need to be gentler with themselves. And that part everyone can relate to. Not everyone's going to relate to purging out your demons <laughs> by the side of a fire while someone's singing. So, yeah, choosing how we share this experience can really help to break down the walls between these constructs we create of an us and a them. There's only us. Only ever uses. And that doesn't mean that every person you meet is going to be your best friend and you're going to be spiritual buddies or whatever. What it means is... No matter what you're doing, no matter what your life is like, no matter what your job is, you have not only the opportunity, but the responsibility as a person who has been privileged enough to sit with these plants and find your way to their ancient wisdom. Mm. I feel definitely a responsibility to share about how these plants work. And not only that, but... For us, this responsibility came through as, oh my God, people are getting so much healing and then they're going home because we worked at a retreat center. They're going home and they're losing everything they got. Their, their light is going out because they don't know what to do when they get home. Mm -hmm. And for us, our responsibility became a calling to help people with integration. And integration is becoming whole. It's 
taking everything that happened with the medicine and bringing it into embodying it in your life. Uh-huh. And this is so like we talked about, like sometimes you get these big messages and you might go back to your job and you might go back to your life and you might go back to your friends and you might be like, this doesn't fit anymore. There's this um, talking head song that I always think of the, um, how did I get here? <laughs> That's not my beautiful wife. That's not my, what, whose beautiful car is this? You know, like, um, I can't remember the name of it at the moment, but um, the days go by with the water on. <laughs> Um, but that's kind of how it feels is like, how did I get here? Mm. And when you recognize that you're in that situation, there can be a lot of panic and fear of like, I can't do this. I don't know. I don't have the support. I don't have the community. I have to make money. I have to keep this job. I have obligations. I have a family and you might want to spend your time focusing on the spiritual path and the spiritual part of your life, but you have to make money and you have this job and you have to be in society. And so we say to you, infiltrate the system with your light, infiltrate the matrix with your awakening, mm. whatever you're doing for work, do it from an empowered, aligned, authentic place. Uh -oh. And when you do that, you may find that you need to get a different job. But if you can do the one that you like, imagine if all the bus drivers and all the property managers and all the real estate agents and lawyers in the world were doing their work from their heart and they weren't like, oh, I'm going to do this gross, unaligned, wrong thing to someone because it's going to make me money. They'd be like, ooh, I would never do that to someone. And they just refuse to do it. What would the world be like if uh -huh. everybody was living from their hearts uh -huh. and doing jobs that we all need done? Everybody, That's you right. know, we need people to be in these jobs. That's Not right. everybody can quit their job and like, you know, write spiritual books and teach meditation. Y'all, if whatever. we had a world full of only shamans, we would, be, <laughs> we would be fucked. <laughs> For real, because the shamans can't be lawyers like we know a lot of shamans and let me tell you they're not good at lawyer lawyer they can't be lawyers they're not good at marketing they don't want to like we need farmers we need drivers we yeah. need and like, teachers and, uh -huh. and like it people and people who work in nonprofits and like whatever your job is that job is needed and uh -huh. you're needed in it uh -huh. and you don't have to change you don't have to shut yourself down you don't have to turn your light off and make yourself small what you do have to do is become an infiltrator and the way that we're going to shift this broken system, this system that's focused only on making money and telling us that if we don't make money, we have to, we're not successful. And if we can't buy new things, we're not successful. And if we can't, you know, if we're not pulling down six figures, then we're not worth anything. The way that we break this system is from the inside. And the way that we do it is going inside of ourselves. And the way that we... The, the way that we learn, we can learn from the same system. It can become our teacher in the same way. We, well, the matrix, the Western society, the whatever it is for you that you're like, man, I wish I could just get out of this. That thing, that system's source is the same source that made ayahuasca. Oh. It's the same source that made San Pedro. It's the same source that grows those mushrooms. And... If we look at this system in our lives with the same eyes and the same wanting to learn from, wanting to bring our best self to, that we bring to the medicines, 
where you can get the same stuff out of it. We had a guest at the place we worked and he was saying, I came here and I really wanted to connect to like a mystical teacher, like someone I could connect to in my meditation or like how, where do I need to go to meet my spiritual teacher? Like I'm, I'm tired of doing this alone. I want to find someone to teach me. And after his like second ceremony or something like that, he was sharing with us that the medicine showed him the face of his wife and his children and said, and his boss and said, you've had the teachers the whole time. Just look at them different. And, um, I can really relate to that because I always thought it'd be nice to have someone teaching. And when I can pull my head out of my ass and see that everything is teaching me, <laughs> I can really get, um, a different perspective on it and a different relationship with it. And it doesn't become the boogeyman of the, you know, whatever industrial complex is plaguing me at the time. Well, we call it the death cult. Oh. <laughs> the, so the death cult is like the system of oppression that humans have created to keep us disconnected from our souls. And that includes things like, you know, profit driven capitalism that takes from the earth, like all the things that we don't like. Right. Any Anyone who's willing to sell out spiritual and human values to make a buck yeah the death they're like part of the death cult and most of us grow up in the death cult we don't know we're you know like tools of the death cult and then <laughs> like we just wanted to give it a name so we wouldn't always have it well this is the you know this is the anti-women part of the death cult this is the patriarchy and this is the military industrial complex it's all the de it's all the death cult it wants <laughs> to keep us alive long enough to take as much money from us as possible and then like we die mm -hmm. and they're taking as much out of the earth as possible and so the thing about all of that, the death cult is made up of humans. The death mm. cult is people. A human being with a soul and a spirit is choosing to do that job, is choosing, well, these are corporations. Like, corporations are people. They're mm. made up of individual humans who are choosing over and over to do things that are going against their heart because nobody in their heart wants to hurt the earth. When we're children, we recognize how magical nature is and how wonderful plants and animals are and how special <laughs> clean water and we don't... We have an innate ability to, well, innate uh, desire to help each other. If you ask children like under seven what they want to be when they grow up, it is like some absurd amount they've found is like 90 something percent will, will say service stuff like... I want to be a police officer. I want to be a mm -hmm. firefighter. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a, like... Helping. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, even the idea... There's been so much around the police, like, defunding the police and, and the role of police. And it's like, little kids... And, and when you see police on TV when you're little, like, and Mr. Rogers was, like, friends with the police. were oh, the yeah, people that you school. call for help yeah. to help you. Oh. And now... People are afraid of the police because it's become this like, you know, this thing that's so, re it's so removed. So when you remove Y'all, police it, aren't the problem. No. There's no, lawyers aren't the problem. Doctors aren't the problem. The Military isn't whatever, the problem. Yeah. Whatever it is, is not the problem. The problem is what, whoever's in that position, not being in touch with their heart. Yeah. So whatever position you're in, be in touch with your heart. Do it from there. 
And in that way, you're the medicine that your job, your community, your people need. You're the medicine that your industry needs. And you're the change that's going to be in the world. And a fun and amazing side effect of being yourself is calling in your people. Mm. When you are authentic in your job, in your life, in your relationships, in your family, and everywhere, you attract the That's people right. that you want to be around you. They come and find you because they're looking for you too. And it's we're not all out here alone. There are We are a rising force. The infiltrators are coming up and we have the power of plants our sacred teachers and our ancestors that are helping us rise up. Mm. And, you know, the best thing you can do is to go into your, go back into your life, take everything you learned and be as you as you can be. And if that means that you're going to have to start making some changes and like shifting course and changing direction, then you'll be in a position to do that. But if you get, if you get pulled back in and you are like, well, I can't make this huge change, so I'm just not going to do anything. That's when you go back to sleep. And, mm. we, and you know, it's your responsibility to continue being awake. Like, we want you uh -oh. to be yourself and be awake so that you can help shift course for humanity. And, y'all, if you need any help with this, we are, well, we offer an online program that is 12, well, no, it's eight weeks long. <laughs> <laughs> We've changed some things. So it's eight <laughs> weeks long, and we focus on... How can we help you take this mystical experience, this vision that you got for your life, this connection to your spirit, and make it a real and practical part of your everyday life? And really, it's not all that hard. No. So if you need help, we're here. Mm -hmm. Reach out to us and let us know. And if you have any questions about any of this, you can also reach out to us as well. Hello at mysticalheartcollective.com. And we also really love hearing about your infiltrator stories. Oh. How, how have you infiltrated the Matrix with your light? Share with us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today, y'all. Bye. Peace.